0: Welcome to All The Gear But No Idea, the South Australian fishing podcast hosted by Rody and Diz. The boys will share their tall tales of the one that got away, as well as some regular segments they know all you fishing tragics will enjoy. G'day guys and welcome to episode 64 of All The Gear But No Idea, the South Australian Fishing Podcast. Rody, pleasure to be here with you. Dears, it's always a pleasure as I crack one of Bill Sando's forexes that he left him in the fridge. Yeah, geez, it feels good to be drinking Bill's beers. It's about time he bought us one um, and yeah, you know, count yourself lucky basically if you're drinking Bill's beers. But Rody, enough about Bill, we've got Steve Contos from Insane Fishing Charters at Port Victoria, and he is a passionate man when it comes to getting out, getting a feed for your family, and it's going to be great to have a chat with him later on. Dears Port Vic's a great spot, and if you've seen
1: anything on his Instagram, I'm sure you've seen the hundreds of whiting that he gets.
0: Yes, he does do very well, and you'll be sure to hear later on today that it's not only whiting. But, Rody let's get into Oranges and Lemons, our usual segment And I'll kick us off today, I think. I'm not going to throw to you. I'm going to kick us off with me orange. Noosa. We got away uh, a week or two ago now, got over to Noosa for a week away with Mills and Ned, and, jeez, it was good. It was great. Look, the weather wasn't fantastic, but, jeez, it was miles better than this rain, freezing wind, horrible stuff we're getting down here in South Australia at the moment.
1: Yeah, dears, look, that wouldn't be saying much to say it's better than our weather. So can you tell us something else? <laughs> no,
0: nah, it was really good. It was great. Some lovely, uh, lovely part of the world up there. Very busy. We we're out of we we're out of holiday season too. I mean, I wouldn't want to be there in school holidays, It'd be mental, but there was some lovely walks along the coast, plenty of people out there on their longboards, catching a few waves and all that sort of stuff. So, nah, good, good, good week away. Did you hang 10 yourself, mate? No, nah, not too much hanging ten for me, mate. I was, um, you know, you know what? It, well, you know what it's like because we're about to hear from your lemon. But traveling with kids is a different experience.
1: Yeah, mate, that's uh, straight into my orange. Port Douglas, we went up there, and again, we got some decent weather, uh, and did get a bit of fishing in. I didn't hear any fishing in your story, mate. So you must have, uh, must have been held back.
0: Yeah, I forgot to pack my tele- telescopic rod. I took mine. <laughs> you don't leave home without it, do yeah,
1: you? Nah, why would I do that? <laughs> Anyway, we, uh, yeah, it was good to get up in Port Douglas. And I don't know if you saw on the socials, Diz, a 94 centimeter barra.
0: Yes, where'd you catch that? We
1: won't mention that it came from the Barra farm. Does
0: it count if you catch it at the Barra farm?
1: We also actually went out on a charter, a little half day one um, with Port Douglas sports fishing. Didn't Mm. catch a barra on a rod and line, but we did catch one in the throw net.
0: (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, thrown net's a foreign concept to us, yeah, Australians, because 'cause they're illegal.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. So uh Matt, the bloke who ran the charter, he was collecting some bait fish to take up the creek once we uh caught a little little uh mackerel out the front of the reef, but he couldn't get too far out with the weather, but shot down the creek to try and catch some mangrove jacks mm. or barrows, But anyway, we stopped in and threw a thrown net over a school of bait, and what do you know, a big oh, big fifty two centimetre, I think it was barra? Bang. So just undersized, but Good fun, nonetheless. Good to see. Got it back swimming away? Yeah, it took off. No worries, mate. But anyway, did take the rod. So it soaked a few baits.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. Good day out. Who went with you? Jack and Pete?
1: Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Nice. Right. Let's move on to a sour note in the lemons, of course, Rodi. And um, I'll get us started. So last weekend, we didn't have weather again. Not great. Just had a bit of a brief window there where we could sort of sneak away for the day. Got down to... Lovely part of the uh, Clare Valley in Mintaro, but um, it was Min Man versus BSR. Our friend Bill plays for Min Man and, boy, did they not put on a show. They were, they were ordinary. Jeez,
1: whack. Got that, Bill.
0: They lost <laughs> and it was ordinary.
1: Yeah, no, nah, so that's, a, that's probably a fair lemon, Diz. Mm. And it wasn't much fun driving home on Sunday morning either. <laughs>
0: no, it wasn't. I, I was think pretty the, sure the, you the, had COVID. <laughs> the scoreboard flattered them at halftime, I think. BSR kicked away in the third quarter, and then it was game over, wasn't it? Is that a fair rap?
1: And then we sort of drowned our sorrows, having not played or had much involvement for the <laughs> yeah, year, and we then did. we got
0: onto the rum cans and went bang. We did. We, we really did not contribute to just about anything throughout the whole year, Um, but... No, all good fun. Good day anyway.
1: Um, Diz, my lemon, I'm going to go back to what we – I think we officially banned it as a lemon, but I'm going to say the weather, mate. It is absolutely horrible. It is raining cats and dogs out there. I don't know whether you can hear the rain on the roof, but it's not good.
0: No, no. Geez, that's a boring lemon, though. So let's move on from that very quickly and get into, of course, what we would talk about every episode is the merch that's available. And it's probably – well, you'd like to think at least that it's getting close to non-beanie weather time, but – you know, look what's happening.
1: If you look outside, mate, you need a beanie. You need a beanie. Of course you do. You know, but what we, a equally beanie
0: with like an umbrella on top would be <laughs> handy right now.
1: Equally, we are coming into the time of year when you need a cap. So you could always get one of each and be happy.
0: Yeah, you could. And um, yeah, no, that's a fair shout because sometimes when you go out fishing, in the morning, it might be a f- bit frosty because you're getting up, you might be beating the sun or whatever, and so you just need to keep the lid a bit warm with the beanie. But then, of course, sometimes the day just comes out glorious and by sort of 9.30, 10 o'clock, the sun's up, it's beaming down on your big noggin, bald man, and then you need to put your cap on.
1: Yeah, Diz, I'm not against taking two different headwear you options you got to have both. both. you yeah. got it.
0: you got to. Right, Rodi. that's enough of that merch chat. The listeners know that they need to hit us up for that stuff before it runs off the shelves, so to speak. But let's get into the news this week because we've got a bit to get through. Let's start with the Port Piri fishing ban, Rodi. that's uh, just ended. Yeah, it is. I uh, don't know
1: if that was a planned thing or did that come from (coughs) nowhere. I certainly wasn't aware that it was coming up. But anyway, uh, primary innisters – Primary Industries Minister, I absolutely butchered that, Claire Scriven, has said that fish would now be able to be taken in waters around Port Pirie after the lifting of some precautionary fishing restrictions. So temporary bans were in Germaine, put in place in Germaine Bay since September 2020, uh, which prevented the taking of some species, and they've been lifted, Diz? That was like um,
0: included mollusks and other things did it not
1: yeah it did diz. and i'm reading here i think that they're still banned. yeah so right here it says restrictions will continue for razor fish crabs and mussels mm. um and that was to do with the heavy metals diz, in the water or in yeah. the water or the sediment or a bit of both
0: well i think it's mainly because those things grow based on the amount of bloody water they filter right
1: yeah they do and i suppose being sort of at the bottom of the food chain and sucking up all that uh you know sediment they were the ones that copped at the worst
0: Yes, no, very interesting. But I'm, I'm sure welcome news for those who enjoy fishing that part of the world.
1: Yeah, exactly right, Diz. Um, you know, I'm sure the locals are absolutely loving it and they can't wait to go and
0: get into them. Fantastic, Rody. What else have we got in the news this week?
1: Diz, the next one is a little bit of a – I suppose it's a safety warning, Diz, but it's going to have some effect on the fishing as well, and that's to do with the high flows in the Murray. I was reading the marine safety newsletter that I get emailed. I don't know whether you do too, Diz.
0: Yes, no, I subscribed to that one day when the uh – uh, the Marine Safety Officers at the ramp notified us about they, Yeah,
1: they did actually. And
0: I submitted my uh, email to that newsletter and away we go.
1: Anyway, it talks about the State Emergency <laughs> Service has issued a flood advice on the 26th of August that predicted water levels are likely to cause minor flooding in shack areas between Cadell and Manham. So that includes the shack areas they think are going to be uh, affected, but not limited to, are uh, Morgan, Brenda Park, Scotts Creek, Walker Flat, and Bow Hill. And it says here, according to the SES, that flows into South Australia are likely to exceed 60 gigalitres per day in around about the next couple of weeks.
0: Oh, Fraser. Fraser Territory. It is, Diz. Jeez. Better call cool shape. Yeah, we'll get him on the line, Diz. Uh, I hope mate of ours has a shack
1: it. up there, so we're going to get him on the phone uh, after this and let him know.
0: The flows are good for yabbies, Yeah, Yeah, I was not?
1: actually, that's where I was going to go with this, Diz. It's going to be great. I reckon it'll be a great season for yabbies later on once the weather warms up.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: And I just actually took my yabby nets to work yesterday and uh, gave them to Pete from work, who's heading up on a houseboat next week. So we'll get a report from him for the next podcast.
0: Hopefully he gets on to a few. So anyway, we'll get that to you guys.
1: But uh, I suppose the other point with that, apart from the yabbies hotting up, there will be a lot of crap floating down the river with these increased flows.
0: Mm, yeah, absolutely. Logs and,
1: you know, whatever else. So
0: Yeah, well, insurance companies will be issuing their warnings, maybe not even insuring in some parts of the river.
1: I know that's certainly the rumour that another friend of ours, dears Amy Sanders, was telling us at the footy last week. She's a, uh, a river you know, skier and wakeboarder and all that. So she was saying they A are- A river
0: advocate, some would call her.
1: They are going to crack down on the uh, insurance for some of those river ski boats.
0: Yes, interesting. Interesting. Well, watch this space and take precautions Obviously, if you are on the Murray River,
1: and actually, I'm going up the Murray in a couple of weeks, so I'll, uh, I was going I'll to give say. you a, that's uh, what's that the October long weekend. We've got a place at Murray Bridge, so we might do a little bit of a uh, little bit of fishing and yabbying potentially then too. So I'll give you an update on the river flow in a couple of weeks, Diz.
0: Please do, please do. I'm going to miss that one, unfortunately. A bit of FOMO happening.
1: Yeah, no fun, mate. You're out.
0: Yes. All right. Let's get on to the snapper working group, Brody, because Recfish SA are very excited to announce the establishment of the SA or the Wreckfish SA Snapper Working Group, the SWG.
1: Yes, diz. That is, uh, you know, topical news because we know the Snapper uh, story is heating up towards the end of the year.
0: Yes, it is. And it's got um, some members with clearly a vast range of experience Obviously, to do with the recreational snapper fishing in South Australia. Those members are, of course, Ian Clift from Sports Fishing Scene, Mick Wilson, SAFTAG, Danny Simpson, Pulse Environmental. And Barry Brown is the RecFish SA representative. Rody what are they going to be doing?
1: Yeah, so they're going to develop a position paper on the long-term management of the snapper fishery and are going to sort of basically represent the recos uh, in discussions about what happens with the snapper ban. So I suppose what happens is the persa release their numbers, then groups such as the snapper working group will get together with government, and I'm sure representatives similarly, similarly from the professionals and the charter businesses, and they're all gonna sit around a table and uh, chew your fat and figure something out, I suppose, Tiz.
0: Yep, sounds good. Like the position paper, I'm sure that's gonna be advocating for a fair catch. And a fair take allowed for the RECOs, and we look forward to seeing what they come up with.
1: And they're going to present their findings to the Minister for Primary in- Industries and Regional Development, Claire Scriven, and they are calling out for uh, recreational fishers to have the opportunity to provide input into this group. So keep your eyes peeled, and we'll make sure we keep that uh, keep you
0: in the loop with that. Well, here's my pressure point. get them, Put them under heat. Get them get moving on it, Rody. Yeah, don't let the government get away with it, boys. No, I reckon just move hard on it. Make sure that we're working towards the January timeframe and if that's not going to be doable, we want to know now.
1: And I'm I'm certainly not pushing that we should have a lot of snapper caught but I think they should have very sort of tight restrictions on a couple of fish probably per person, not as many as the you know five small ones, two big ones you used to be able to
0: get but uh, surely we can catch a few fish, Diz. Oh, yeah, I would have thought so. I think I'll be, I think I'll be very disappointed if it doesn't open, but I'll understand if it opens under some pretty tight parameters, which will be okay.
1: Yeah, I think at this point, Dears, when we can't catch any, we'll take anything we can get.
0: Absolutely, mate. Now, what else have we got in the news segment? This came up on Facebook the other day, something along the lines of the longest, longest time tuna tag, longest time. A- Tags has been in a tuna. Yeah, so Ryan
1: Gazola, who is seventeen, a young fella, he's caught the longest fish in liberty in Australian history, diz. So he caught a southern bluefin tuna. Caught, took him four hours to reel it in, uh, and it measured one hundred ninety-five centimeters, weighed one hundred thirty-five point four kilos. So it's a true barrel, and it bear it had a tag in it, diz. Uh, that tag had been in the fish for twenty-nine years. Wow. So that's a long time. SAF tag be
0: frothing on that.
1: So we were one when that <laughs> tag went in.
0: Oh, that's amazing, isn't it? So That's, that's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, so CSIRO has said it is the longest fish caught at liberty in Australia's history. It was tagged in 1993. And actually, Diz, the fish was only one year old, they reckon, so the fish is the same age as us.
0: Unbelievable.
1: So barrels are 30 years old, according to this.
0: Geez, they'd done a bit of swimming in their time then.
1: Oh, geez, they've covered more Ks than us.
0: Yeah, they certainly have. Well, certainly than me.
1: All right, Diz, and this is one last thing in the uh, in the news that I wanted to touch on. We did share a video from Wreckfish, Diz. It was a bit of an update from uh, from Wreckfish on what's going on. They're going to share some videos every so often about a bit of an update. But uh, one thing I took from this, Diz, and this was the the video from uh, Andrew Harris who we had on the podcast a couple of episodes ago. He was uh, speaking in the video, Diz, and he presented that it's been rumoured that the wreck fishing sector in SA, this is according to the National Economic Social Survey, which was completed last year, and that's undergoing the final review and will be released later this year. According to the rumour about this particular survey, it's been rumoured that rec fishing sector in SA is now estimated at $1.23 billion. Diz? Whoa. And that's 10 times more than the $160 million that everyone seems to be uh, basing all their... All their findings on it at the moment, Diz. That's what we like to hear. So if that was, if that is what happened, what comes out of this survey, Diz, that's going to uh, make give wreck fishing much more bargaining power. Would you agree?
0: Absolutely, I would. I think this has always been an economic discussion to some degree, because our value's not been recognised. I suppose often because a lot of us do it out of the absolute pureness of our heart and the fact that we get so much enjoyment out of it. And maybe I feel sometimes, unfortunately, that economic value hasn't been recognised because, regardless, we're going to continue to do it. But it's about time that the government did understand that what the wreck fishing community do is put a significant amount of dough back in the kitty.
1: They do, Diz, and hopefully this gives us a bit more bargaining power and fingers crossed the rumours are true.
0: Absolutely. Roddy, that's been a great news segment. Let's get On to our guest, who, of course, is Steve Contos. Let's get him on the line. Rodi. very lucky to be joined today by the man behind insane fishing charters at Port Victoria. Steve Contos, thanks very much for coming on the show.
2: Thanks for having me, mate.
0: Steve, it's a pleasure to have you on board. We're going to get into all things
1: uh, Port Vic fishing and charter fishing in a minute, but let's start with our five questions, and we want to hear about your best fish first, mate.
2: Yes, let's go for it. So, basically, everyone wants to catch a big whiting um, over 50 centimetres. About a year and a half ago, I hit one at 60 centimetres.
1: Oof.
2: So, you know, you get stuff like that down in Tassie and that, but not really around the peninsula. Maybe down the bottom end. Edithburg side, yes. Um, Port Victoria, Stansbury side, 50s, 55s, around that sort of of, um, centimetre mark. So, other than that, I've been with my mate to queensland and we helped together we caught a black marlin which went 100 kilo
1: what was the bigger thrill the uh the 60 centimeter whiting or the marlin
2: to be honest with you the marlin fishing was a boring fishing we trawled lures all day and just had to wait so the thrill of it was once you did hook up your adrenaline started pumping because you're like oh my god am i going to lose it right now (laughs) i'm going to lose it at the boat you know we wanted to get this fish on board
1: yeah, exactly right. Well, we're going to have to get a uh, get a look at that picture of the 60 centimetre whiting, mate. Is that on your Instagram or where can we see
2: it? Uh, it was, I had posted it up on my Facebook page, uh, but people probably have to scroll down to yeah, find fine. that one. Yeah,
1: we, yeah. we might get you to send it to us and we'll do
0: a little <laughs> reshare because we want to see some evidence.
2: It's <laughs> yes, no stress at all.
0: Hey, um, Steve, tell us your favourite thing about fishing.
2: Favourite thing about fishing is not having to worry about anything. When you're out on the water, your mind's free, it's clear.
0: Yeah, it's you're not wrong, mate. It's uh, definitely a really good escape, isn't it? You know, you can sort of forget about your worries wherever they might be, and you just you and you and out there in nature and loving it.
2: That's it, and have a laugh with a few mates. That's what it's about.
1: And do you still find it relaxing when you're taking a group out on a charter, or a bit more stressful?
2: I love it every day. <laughs> that's that's a good so way to I, be. You know, it's it's only stressful if you want it to be stressful. You know, at the end of the day, you can only do so much. I can only put you up to. Put my customers onto the fish and they're there to catch them so everyone's skill level's different i don't have no expectations but at the end of the day if we can't get our fish we go try for another species of fish to bring into the boat so they go home and they can feed their families
1: now that's a good attitude to have steve now tell us what is your first fishing memory or what got you into it
2: well i went when i was five years old with my old man out on his boat and i got seasick so (laughs) He basically said to me, no, you can't come again until you're eight. And the day after my eighth birthday, it was a Friday night. He was going fishing on the Saturday. Apparently, I went up to my mum. I said, dad said, when I was eight, I'm allowed to go out back on the boat. And uh, I went back out on the boat. And believe it or not, I was getting chronic seasickness from the age of eight right up to 16. And now I've grown straight out of it.
0: Oh, wow. That's amazing.
2: don't Don't get seasick no more.
0: Perfect. Jeez, that's you want that in your line of work, don't you? You don't want to be.
2: Def, definitely not. And yeah. you know what? It, it's not a nice experience and I do feel for people that get seasick too. So I can relate to them when they're on my boat make sure they're comfortable.
0: Yeah, that's it. Mate, tell us about your favorite sort of fishing and why.
2: Believe it or not, my favorite sort of fishing is squid fishing. Yeah. Squid, you're just, you're just floating around. There's no worries. If it happens, it happens. There's just something about it. There's no extreme thrill, but it's just more a re- relaxation thing.
1: It is pretty carefree, really, isn't it? Squid fishing.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and quite easy. Quite easy. Not very dirty. Not messy. Don't need much.
0: or oh, when you get like when you get one of those just beautiful days where it's dead clear and you can see the squid coming up and smashing the lures. That's it's
2: exactly good fun. Right. Hey. Yeah, that's exactly right. A and- few cold drinks and away you go. Bit of music. <sighs>
1: And actually, the best thing about squid fishing is there's nothing worse than coming home fishing for snapper and you smell like pilchards. even if you don't catch anything. If you have a bad day on the squid, you come home clean.
2: (laughs) Well, that's exactly right. All
1: right, Steve, tell us about your funniest fishing story or the one that got away.
2: Oh, the one that got away, look, I'm a bit of a prankster. I like to have fun out on the boat and obviously I had a few friends and I picked my crowd. Um, I had a lad out on the boat. He was baiting his hooks up. I was tapping the back of his rod. He wound it up. He wound it up a few times in 30 meters of water. And I said to him, "Look, mate. I said I know what's going on because the bait was still on the hooks. I said I know what's going on. The fish is attacking your sinker. You have to rub it with your hand. So he started rubbing it with his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, he dropped back down. I started tapping the rod again. He wound it all the way back up. I said, "No, nah, mate. You have to rub it harder. I said you have to rub it on your shorts. So he started rubbing it on his shorts. Um, so not necessarily the one that got away." but it's the one that got in that gentleman's eyes. That's so right. Yeah.
0: You've stitched them up well and good. That's excellent. Bit of fun. Absolutely, Steve. Well, thank you very much for going through those five questions, mate. We are really keen to hear about your business. So we mentioned at the start, insane fishing charters out of Port Victoria on the York Peninsula. What can your guests expect on a day out? Talk us through it.
2: Look, it's not just a day out fishing. It's a day out learning. Right. It's a day out having fun. It's a day out meeting new people that, you know, we might have a mixed group. It's a day where I'll show them around the island. i show them a bit of Port Victoria, what there is there, you know, the ships that used to run in, in Port Victoria, um, how the Indigenous, uh, the Narungga guys got across to Warang Island. Um, i show them a bit of the island around the back. There's some caves, there's some seals. So there's a bit of sightseeing as well. Uh, but out on Insane, the main part is keeping everyone's rods bent from the word go. Awesome. So basically, when I started my business, I started from scratch, so I had to make it work. You know, no clientele, my own marks, found my own grounds, and then basically I've taken it to the next level, obviously, getting people onto the fish continuously, and that's what I aim for each and every time. What makes me more different to any other charter is if I come back with no fish, I won't charge, and it hasn't happened to me yet.
1: That's uh, that's a pretty impressive stat, there, Steve. Now we want to uh, we want to ask you about the business. Tell us about the boat and how long you've been running the charter sh- charter for.
2: Yeah, so it's just gone on five years in this December. Um, the boat is eight meters in length and it's three point two meters wide. It's a custom built farm. so there's over a meter of, a meter of room fishing between one another. So it's not like you're crammed or anything like that. You get in other boats where they're two two and a half meter width because they're legal on the road my boat is oversized so basically having that extra width we got the extra length in the boat it's a pure fishing boat it's very very safe you know it's got a toilet on board for females if they need to go and yeah it gets gets us out it gets us back in very soft riding boat the waves it just push punches straight through so you know people that are a little bit elderly they don't feel anything gone through their body. There's no jars on their back because myself, I do have a bad back or a slip disc between four and five and I'm fine when I'm out running.
0: And that's what you want in it. So you can fish more days of the year and don't have to do cancellations and all that sort of stuff. So that's fantastic, mate.
2: No, that's exactly right. And being so wide, it makes the boat very, very stable on anchor. No, so when it is a little bit rougher, a lot of other boats will stay in, whereas we can still go out because it feels like it's a bit calmer being in such a big vessel
0: that's it fantastic and mate you um we've seen on your facebook page you do like a you do like a fishing tutorial day don't you
2: like is that select charters or correct no no so that is available to anybody new to boating anyone new to boating or anyone that's been boating their whole life you know it's about learning from one another everything that i've learned I want to teach people. I want to show them how to use their electronics, or set their electronics up for them. I want to teach them how to anchor on the on the vet, on the spots. All about how the fish migrate in the in the gulfs, because there's no point, you know, fishing for what's not in season. You, if you want to catch fish, you got to fish for what's in season, and then basically hit that species. And then the following months, everything comes through a different time of year. Um, so you know, you can go from absolute amateur, never having a boat before, to having a boat, learning how to drive it making sure that they're going to come home safe for the family, balancing the vessel is very, very important. You know, I want to make sure that people know about being out on the ocean because when you go and get your boat licence, basically you get a licence and you've got no experience out on the water, and the water is a very, very dangerous place.
1: And do you, uh, do you take blokes like Dizzy out that have had a boat for years and fished all their lives and still have no clue? <laughs> uh,
2: look, it's not about uh, yes and no. So it's all about them comprehending what I'm saying. If they can't comprehend what I'm teaching them, well, then there's going to be a bit of an issue. Although in saying that, they can call me back anytime. Once they've been out with me, I don't care. You can call me 100 times a year. I'm going to answer my phone. Okay? I'm there to help. I'm there to guide you through whatever troubles you, you're having, basically.
0: Oh, that's a great service that you offer, mate. i um, That's uh Few and far between. In fact, I imagine that's very unique to your charter. So um, certainly a big draw card for anybody out there who's interested in getting down there and getting out with your mate. It's fantastic.
2: Yeah, well, most definitely. You know, at the end of the day, if I was to die tomorrow, I've got all this knowledge. No one's going to know it. Yeah. It's all, it's all going to go down the drain.
0: Yeah, no, it's fantastic that you're sharing it, mate. Now, while we're with you, tell us about tell us about the whiting fishing. You, We're seeing heaps of photos and Everything, you you don't miss out too often, mate, on the whiting. And King George are really good eating, good fighting fish as well. And imagine you've had a lot of good and happy customers out on the boat.
2: Oh, 100%. Look, it's a great sports fish. Um, Everybody loves the King George whiting. To be honest with you, the King George whiting doesn't have a lot of taste, and I think that's why a lot of people like it because fish is very healthy for you, so it's going to taste like what you put on it. So whatever spices they're cooking with, that's what it's going to taste like. Um, I guide people through different ways to to cook it, obviously, Um, but not only that, it's not just King George whiting we we go for. We go for every species of fish. Any species of fish that's out there, we go get our whiting and we'll fish for something else. We don't just target that one species. And to be honest with you, I can't wait for the opening of the snapper band to reopen so we can head out and go get customers some snapper too.
1: Yeah, we will touch on the snapper in a minute, uh, Steve, but let's talk about some other species, squid, snook. What else can you get out of Port Vic?
2: Look, we get lots of trevally, and they're great fighting fish, and they're great eating fish, all right? You just got to know how to cook it. Quick skin, and away you go. So you get your snook. You do get sharks. You you, go, you got to target them, though, so you're going to waste a bit of the day. So I can do just a shark charter. It's more a fish that you sort of got to sit there in the one spot and do maybe do it overnight or as the sun goes down. That's up to the client, basically. But more or less, we go for our whiting, squid, snook, um, snapper when they're in season, crabs, garfish, tommies, whatever anybody wants to eat, as long as they're not going to waste it, I'm happy to target it for them.
0: Geez, that's awesome, mate! Fantastic! And you've got uh, we here we had previous guests on the show, Benji. He uh, he gets out there on on the boat with you. as a bit of a deckhand. Is that the go?
2: Yeah, he loves it. Look, he just he comes out as a mate. He loves fishing, so he only lives up the road, and that he comes out gives me a hand. He takes some fish home for himself, and uh, away we go. Happy days.
1: Everyone wins. Now, you did talk about it briefly, Steve. Tell us about the hopefully the end of the snapper ban coming up. How's that affected the business? And uh, I'm sure you've got lots of people queuing up to get on the boat once that hopefully opens.
2: Yeah, look, I think it's, it's affected not just myself. It's probably affected a lot of other charter operators as it has. Uh, we've just had to adapt to it. Fingers crossed, when they open it up, we'll be able to, you know, even just go out and get one snapper. They're very, very tight-lipped at this point in time. We've been to meetings. Um, we've spoken to the scientists. They're not saying much. So we'd have to wait until December to get the results. So the, the results come in in November, and they make their decision in December whether they're going to open it or not. Fantastic. So from my knowledge, from what I've heard, a snapper takes four years to grow to 38 centimeters, which is the legal, legal length. We've had the snapper ban for three years so far. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not too sure in what they're going to do, but at the end of the day, it's out of my control. It's out of any other charter operator's control. So whatever happens, happens. We just have to roll with the punches. Yes, it's a huge kick in the guts for us because we do have customers wanting to know how we're going to open. So customers from interstate can book accommodation and come down and stay. So tourism wise, yeah. Towns are losing a lot of money. It's not just myself. You know, that $100 that they bring into the town is a lot of money for Port Victoria or for, say, Balgaon or, you know, down the bottom and Edithburg. So, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's pretty hard going with the uh, bloody short turnaround between the decision being made and hopefully the snapper opening for people like yourself that are relying on customers and bookings and things like that, isn't
2: it? Correct, correct. And then it's just going to be a mad rush. So we'll see what happens when it opens. I guess just got to roll with the f- go with it.
0: That's it, and mate, I think um, to be honest, you've done such a fantastic job at diversifying your business and making sure that you've got options for just about everyone. So real credit to you, mate. And um, yeah, we love we love what you're up to. And yeah, we'd love to come down there and get out there one day with you.
2: No, nah, appreciate that, mate. You guys are welcome down there anytime.
0: <laughs> awesome, mate. Now one thing we did want to ask you before we sort of let you go. Yep. Um. Obviously, the number one tip for anybody who wants to go fishing in Port Vic is to give you a buzz, insane fishing charters, hit you up on Facebook. But if they can't get out with you because you're, you're already, you know, booked out or whatever, what's your sort of tips for someone who might sort of drop their little tinny in or something in Port Vic? They're obviously not going to be able to get out far and wide, but is there sort of some good spots in the bay there?
2: Oh, there's spots all over, mate. Poor Victoria is God's country. So basically, you know, if someone was to give me a call, I'm not going to send them astray. I'm going to say, look, this is how it is at this time of the year. Depending on the moon phase and the water clarity and a few other factors, I'm not going to tell them, you know, yes, you're going to get your fish today. You know, if, say, for instance, the water's dirty, well, it's going to be a lot harder to get the squid if the water's filthy, you know, so I'm not going to send them astray. I'm going to send them to go get their fish. If there's fish in that area, we we'll pick up the coast or, you know, further up. Because once you get across, you can go down the bay and up the side of Point Pierce and it's still calm. Mm. You can actually quite a, quite a fair way to Wardang Island, just in the Timmy, that is. So, yeah, people with bigger boats, well, it's quite easy. I can send them in the right direction as to where the fish are at that time of the year.
1: Yeah, beautiful, Steve. Well, uh, Port Vic is one of those places that we've got on our uh, to-do list this summer, so we'll have to either hit you up for some tips or come out on your boat. But uh, we certainly want to get amongst it.
2: Yeah, Matt nah, more than welcome, mate. Give me a buzz anytime.
1: Beautiful, Steve. All right. Well, thanks a lot for coming on the podcast and sharing your knowledge, mate. It's uh, been really interesting for us, and I'm sure our our listeners have learned a bit. So, uh, for anyone wanting to get involved, uh, insane charters at Port Victoria uh, sounds like a great day out.
2: That nah, is an absolute fantastic day out. Not just a great day out, it's an insane day out. Awesome, mate. Thanks again, and we'll chat to you soon. That you're welcome. Thanks, guys. You just have a good night.
0: Great to chat with Steve. Very passionate man and clearly a fantastic day out on Insane Fishing Charters, Roadie. It's not fantastic, mate. It's an insane day oh, out. Oh, yes, thank you. Well picked up on there, Roadie. Let's get into the report. We've got a bit to get through before we wrap up today's episode because I've got a bit of a doozy of a tackle item in the week. This week, Brody.
1: I can't wait for that, Diz. You always, uh, look, let's be real. I do most of the current heavy lifting in the preparation for this podcast, but we've, uh, we've trusted you with the tackle item. That's and a we- pretty
0: outlandish statement, I would have thought.
1: And you, you throw up some loose suggestions, and this
0: could be one of them. I'm not <laughs> sure.
1: I haven't heard. It but, might be. Uh, we'll, 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 fingers crossed it's going to be something good, Diz. But let's get to the report first.
0: Yes, Rhody, the salmon comp, which we've been talking about in the report segment for a number of weeks now, um, has finished. Mm-hmm. So there's been the winners announced for the Australian Salmon Fishing Championship, which is, of course, out of Ellison but covers a large amount of area. So the winners are, Rhody? Dizzy, the heaviest salmon was caught by Rick Eames from Tumby Bay. He wins $2,000.
1: That's a good salmon.
0: That's a good salmon, but a good prize, I think, is what you might have meant.
1: A good prize, I meant. Anyway, he caught that at Talia, and it weighed four point four eight seven kilos. That's a good salmon. That's a big fish. No, it's really
0: good. And what was the second heaviest?
1: Second here was Shane Roffley or Roffy from Wyala, wins seven hundred and fifty dollars from his fish, also caught at Talia, weighing four
0: point four five kilos. That is excellent. And what was the prize money for second heaviest? Seven fifty. Seven fifty, Diz. I like. I like the fact that it rewards the first.
1: Diz, you know what I like? I like that they've all given away their secrets, and I'm going straight to Talia next year.
0: <laughs> yeah, good shout.
1: Top two fish. That that's the spot to be.
0: Good shout. Yeah, not you're not wrong.
1: What else have we got in the report this week, Baldy?
0: Well, uh, Rody I've had some uh, colleagues get onto some serious holes of squid. We're talking bag limits down yep. Normanville. Now, whether they fished out of Normanville or made their way around to Warinna where oh, we've, we've had some joy before, we've never really got the bag there. But
1: No, we've probably never set out to get the bag though either. We've always no. gone whiting fishing or gone for a bit, of a bit of a cruise and then got some on the way out. Was this land-based or on the boat?
0: No, on the boat, little tinny, lovely day apparently, and yeah, got into them in a big way.
1: Nothing wrong with a good feed of squid on a good day, as uh, Steve told us, Is
0: Calamari for days. We're talking probably maybe – you'd even pickle some, I reckon, if you got enough. Your old man Davo loves some pickled squid. Yeah, just just don't let him go too hard on the garlic. Otherwise, you won't taste the squid and you'll just be eating garlic.
1: Mind you, I've seen Davo pickled eggs and pickled <laughs> crab and pickled this. There's more pickled, pickled stuff eggs. in Dizzy's
0: fridge than he knows what to do with. <laughs> it's horrible gear. Rody, uh, fishing report this week. I'm going to – not so much of a fishing report, but more of a fishing suggestion. Start your planning for your Port Augusta Kingy trip. Yeah, they'll be on us soon, won't they? Elsewhere.
1: Yep, they'll be on us soon.
0: They will be. You and haven't heard any early reports? No, I haven't. I've heard some rat kingies being caught, some, you know, Point Lowly, that type of area, but not, not in any big numbers. All I'll say is those that get the early fish aren't always uh, that vocal about it. No. So they could be there. That's exactly right, and they'll usually go back for a few trips until it becomes common knowledge, which is clearly sensible. We see that for the tuna season most years. So, um, no, uh, yeah, just a little suggestion. If you're going to try and get on them, then start thinking about it. We'd probably be having a crack this year, wouldn't we?
1: Well, we had a big old fail last year. We talked a big game and never did it.
0: About time, I reckon, so we should get on to that, Rhody. Let's move on from that fishing trip. Discussion though, Rodi. I want to talk a bit about Peasants Redfin.
1: Yeah, Diz. We shared that uh, photo on the Instagram story, and that was a stomper.
0: It was an absolute horse out of what I would describe as a pretty, pretty small, you know, creek. Not, yeah. not very well. So up at the
1: Barossa, that was on. Uh, I think it was on some private <clears> property. <throat> so you're not going to get that one itself. But good to hear that there are some big redfin up that way.
0: Yeah, um, the inland whiting. Yeah, good
1: eating, good chewing. Good chewing? They're an obnoxious pest though, did you know that, dears? You cannot return them to the yes. water. Yes,
0: yeah, they're sort of carp-like.
1: Yes, but uh, much better chewing than carp if you ask me.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: Not that I've ever eaten carp.
0: Nah, no, nah, you wouldn't. It smells though. You wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Rhodey, uh, whiting. We have had, I would say... Probably an ordinary season.
1: We have, Diz. It's been, certainly for us, an average winter whiting run. Um, We We haven't tried a lot. Not as much as last year, but when we have, we probably haven't. We've got the bag once this winter. Is that right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, we got the bag once. We went... Uh, June long weekend, we got about 35 fish over the weekend. Yeah, so we there's chipped away on that there. weekend. We had
1: another da- weekend, we got the bag, and then we went out just before the last podcast and only got a handful.
0: Yeah. And yeah. Uh, your dad hasn't been doing that well either? No, he's not been doing great. He hasn't been out, admittedly, a lot, but, yeah, still, any time he has been out, there's not been remarkable reports, just, you know, a handful of fish here and there.
1: And I think Jack and Ben, who fish over that way a fair bit, were much the same, got a handful, not not a lot.
0: Yeah, that's it. We might need to uh might need to just put that one in as bad year.
1: Might need to just head to Port Victoria.
0: Yeah, by the sounds of things. Your dad's it. got
1: some spots off some dodgy trade too, didn't
0: he? Yeah, that's it. He's been he's been sort of wheeling and dealing for GPS marks, which we've all been guilty of from time to time.
1: Well, it'll be interesting
0: whether the uh, when we put those GPS marks in the uh, in
1: the machine whether it takes us <laughs> yeah, to the uh, to the tuna aisle yeah. of the supermarket or one of those yes, old gags. That's
0: exactly right. It could do. It could do, Rodi. Well, uh, look, not a huge amount in that fishing report, Rodi, but um, I'd say some some pretty some pretty topical reports there. Yeah, it is. The weather's probably played a part. in Not a lot of fishing happening lately. Yes, I'd agree, Rodi. Let's get on to the tackle item. I did talk a bit of a game about how it was going to be a bit of a doozy. So I just want to talk to you this week about the tackle item because we've talked a bit recently about the snapper season starting.
1: Yeah, we have, Diz. And I'm
0: very much hoping that that happens in January. Now, if you are going to be doing that, then you'll often target them really early in the morning or you'll target them after dark.
1: Yeah, they do bite at those times, Diz. That's when we've had a lot of luck.
0: Yeah. So when you're doing those sorts of things and you're – you're fumbling around with tying a swivel or you're sort of getting your leader organised. You might have busted off on something, a bit of reefy material or something like that. How are you going to see that? Uh, a headlight. Oof, Jesus. A headlight is the tackle item of the week, the humble headlight. Where do you get a headlight from, you? you can get a headlight from just about anywhere these days. They're always in a dump bin somewhere in your Anaconda, BCF, large scale stores like that. They'll sell you a cheap one for ten bucks.
1: Are you a like a you know, rechargeable, super forced, supercharged? Big old headlight that can light up half of the Gulf, or are you just your cheap five-dollar
0: job. I'm probably I'm okay with not splurging. I'm okay with the cheap ones. I think they do the job for that sort of thing. But I have seen some people with some real you boot ones. You know who I'm talking, Daveo, Gillespie <laughs> Dave o- <laughs> is an absolute sucker for a head headlamp. Some have been powerful enough to do dabbing with
1: yeah. <laughs> on your head. All I'll say is I'm glad I didn't have the uh, deluxe edition that night when I might have had one too many beers. <laughs> up you and ended up in the drink <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i think you do you don't want to you know i like the idea of having one that's just battery powered yeah the can double whack, a batteries you can whack a couple of double a's in the I've car got. and if you yeah. and if you run them out you run them out of juice or whatever you've just got them ready to go again
1: and they're also versatile tears. the last time i used my head torch i was uh i had two ton of wood red gum delivered a couple of weeks ago and had to deliver uh move that around the back late at night so uh yes what did i do that. i chucked
0: the head torch on We've all done that. And you wanna the beauty about having them in a dump bin at a BCF Anaconda that sort of type is it's okay to buy five.
1: Yeah, because you know what happens? You go camping and one person puts a head yeah. torch on and everyone's like, oh, I want one. Where is it? Yeah, Where do we yeah. get one? Where
0: do we get a We're head torch We're in the middle of the sticks. From? That's right. Lucky Dizzy bought seven. <laughs> there's nothing worse than not being able to see and like you say, you've had a you know, you might have had a couple too many Bundys and you're walking around and somebody set up like a bit of a trip line on the floor, on the ground there. They might have set up their swag and they've gone a bit rogue with the with the, <laughs> with the the um, pitching of the tent part and they've just strung it out and you go flying. If you've got a head torch, you're not going to miss that. And it helps with the uh, camp cooking too. It does. It and I've does. got one of
1: those ones that's got the red light too mm-hmm. so you can go possum – exploring Possum isn't that for the
0: possums <laughs> i got no idea but it is now anyway
1: guys that's a lot of
0: talk about head <laughs> that lamp. is a lot of chat i'm not sure whether you've all hung around for the tackle item well done if, if, you if you have very well done and uh, i hope you enjoyed that in and if you did then and you don't have a headlamp you will get one now roadie socials where can the get uh, where can the listeners find this episode
1: yeah as the great adam perryman did uh Make sure you tag us in your fishing photos on Facebook and Instagram.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you're going to find this one. It'll be uh, no doubt over Steve's Facebook page. It'll be over our Facebook page. It'll be everywhere where you get your podcasts Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, everything. You'll find us. Yeah,
1: make sure you keep us involved, guys. And the long weekend is coming up. Make sure you get some fishing plans. I think we will get one more podcast in before then, will we, Diz?
0: I reckon. We'll aim for that, Rhodey, absolutely. But
1: make sure you do get ready to share your photos over the long weekend.
0: Brilliant, Rhodey. Thanks for the beer, Bill. And uh, we'll chat to you next time, Rhodey. See you, guys. Roadie and Diz hope you enjoyed today's episode of All the Gear But No Idea. Keep up to date by liking and sharing us on Facebook and Instagram. And you can subscribe on all the major podcast platforms. Until next time, good luck fishing.